the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It seems, my friends, that America is at a turning point, a crossroads, if you will. We have known this for quite some time. The divide is seen everywhere. We see it at the election polls, we see it at the cultural wars, and we even see it with marriage. Yes, marriage. More specifically, over the last 50 years in America, we have seen a reduction of marriages to the point that marriage is now, yes, I repeat, now at an all-time low. With the decline of marriage, though, something interesting has also been simultaneously happening As marriage decreases, cohabitation, that is, living together apart from marriage, is increasing. Over the last 50 years, it appears that there's a direct correlation between marriage and cohabitation. Marriage has decreased some 65%, and cohabitation has increased approximately 60% over the last 50 years. To add another unique dimension and dynamic to this lower marriage rate and an increased cohabitation rate in America, people are actually getting married much later in life as well. In other words, for those that do marry, they're not getting married in their early 20s but are tying the knot later in life. Indeed, there is a significant change in how we view marriage. But what has led to these changes? What has brought about this apparent crossroads leading to an alternative view and an alternative actions regarding marriage? One of the factors, yes, one of the factors is that our culture is telling us that we have the supposed, yes, that we have the supposed right to have pleasure and ease at all costs. 
But this cultural mantra does not jive with the reality that marriage is tough. Indeed, marriage is tough and hard. And as we know it, people do not like things that are tough, but want pleasure and ease at all costs. Thus we see the divide. We see the tension. Martin Luther once said of marriage, he said this, The purpose of marriage is not to have pleasure and to be idle, but to procreate and bring up children to support a household. This, of course, is a huge burden full of great cares and toils. But you have been created by God to be a husband or a wife, and that you may learn to bear these troubles together. We also hear about how tough marriage is from our epistle reading. In our epistle reading from Ephesians, we hear that marriage, the husband, that in marriage, the husband is to sacrifice everything, to literally die for the sake of his wife. And the wife is called to trust her husband, to submit to him with respect. Now this is hardly, my friends, the setup that someone seeking pleasure at all costs would aspire to. It doesn't sound like much fun. That is to say, if marriage is all about dying to self, to serve a spouse, this is most certainly against the tune of our culture that sings self-love and the idea to do whatever you want as long as you are happy. Tragically, and bluntly stated, One of the main reasons why marriage is on such a decline is that marriage does not let life be about you. Permit me to explain. If there is no spouse, there are no children. If there are no children, a person can selfishly indulge in whatever activities they want. All of their resources and efforts can be invested in self. You see, marriage complicates self-pleasure and ease by calling a man to die for his wife and calling a woman to submit to her husband and calling both the husband and the wife to empty their wallets to rid themselves of their freedom and energy to invest in their children. But what about physical intimacy, you may say, and emotional connecting with a person of the opposite sex? Are these not important Are these not enough of a reason to marry, even if marriage is tough? Tragically, sex is cheap these days. In other words, marriage is no longer a prerequisite for sex in our culture, which allows a person to experience the benefits of marriage, like spending more time together, saving money, and spending romantic nights together while still keeping the option open to split apart if pain and problems exceed pleasure and ease. Unfortunately and tragically, the thinking goes like this. Don't marry. Just live together as if you are married because if you don't like your boyfriend or girlfriend, you can just leave. If your boyfriend turns into a huge jerk, just leave. Or maybe if you are just are not feeling it anymore with your girlfriend, you can just break up. Sure, it is hard to move out all of your junk and find a new place to live, but there are no complicated legalities like there are with marriage. And so, my friends, it seems that marriage has become like a curse in our culture. It has been perceived as a ball and chain, something to be avoided. And if not a curse, it has become like a fairy tale dream that only lasts for a while, if you are so lucky to have that. 
But is this true? Dear friends, marriage is not a curse. It is not a curse to be avoided or put off for a better time and a better day. It is not something that ends dreams, ruins lives, and constraints. It is certainly not a ball and chain, but instead a gift, my friends. It is a gift that creates a husband and wife. It is a gift that creates the blessed family. Yes, indeed, it is a gift. Dear husbands and wives, baptized saints, we must remember that Satan, the prince and power of the air, continually attacks marriage. Satan can never create anything original, but only perverts God's gifts. And the evil one does just this to marriage. He attempts to distort marriage as a curse and a burden so that people will stay away from it. He holds self-love over sacrificial love as the ideal. He actually strips sex out of wedlock and then sets it loose to cheapen it. He entices us to place other priorities above marriage as if marriage is some old-fashioned thing. He tries to convince us that marriage is just too inconvenient, which means that we can put it off to some other day in the future when we will supposedly have more time and resources. Indeed, the evil one, with the world and our flesh, give a false view of marriage, a false view of sex, and a false view of family. They give the view, they give a view that is just simply not real. So, what is real? What is marriage? According to an old professor named Norman Nagel, I think he says it best, speaking about a biblical marriage, he says this, a bride and groom do not make a marriage. I repeat, a bride and groom do not make a marriage, but instead a bride and groom step into marriage and take their places within this beautiful gift. The reason why this is so, marriage is God's gift. It is the perfect setup, the perfect gift that men and women are to receive. And within the marriage union ordained by God, the husband and wife learn to accept each other as the Lord teaches them to walk in the unforced rhythms of love. So what does this mean? It means this. That when young people in the church aspire to the institution of marriage, we should be clapping and dancing for joy. Their desire to be married is them wanting to receive God's good gift. Yes, to desire to be married is good. To aspire to marriage is good and wonderful. But what if the couple is young and poor? Do we tell them to wait and avoid marriage? Well, the answer is no. Just as we work to be faithful stewards to support the local church in God's gifts of the word and sacrament, and as we work to be faithful stewards, yes, faithful stewards to support pregnancy centers with God's gift of life, we certainly can and should be stewards to support younger Christians in God's gift of marriage. Frankly stated, We should be ready to open our wallets and show our children that we believe in marriage. The reality should be so real that we are willing to be there to financially support them if the going gets tough in their future marriage someday. Rather than painfully painting this picture of marriage as some sort of expensive burden that they cannot afford and should not aspire to at a young age. At this point, we can all hear the voice of some in our culture saying this, 
But what about having fun at a young age and taking everything in life supposedly has to give? Do younger people really want to enter a marriage when they are so young? To this, the church responds this. Sure, yes, sure, there will be dying to self in marriage. And that is the whole point. That is why marriage is tough. Dying to self hurts the sinful nature. But tough does not mean bad. Marriage is tough on the sinful nature, even though it is a good gift for you and for me. You see, as the husband and wife die to each other through trust and sacrifice, through the shed blood of Jesus for them, something grander emerges. At the end of each day, being enveloped in the gift of marriage and the forgiveness of sins, the husband and wife will lay everything out before the Lord, nothing kept back, nothing held outside of his forgiveness and love. Yes, they will lay it all out before the Lord together as one flesh, as husband and wife, knowing that the Lord holds all of them, the good, the bad, the ups and the downs. My friends, marriage is indeed a gift that brings a man and a woman together. And we see that in our epistle reading from Ephesians. That is to say, Ephesians 5 is not about the husband lording leadership, power, and authority over his wife, but rather it is about the husband sacrificing everything, dying to self for the sake of his wife, just as Jesus did for the church. Furthermore, Ephesians 5 is not about the wife becoming a doormat to the husband, something he tramples to get his way. But instead, a wife is called to trust her husband, knowing that he is to be a husband to her as Jesus is a husband to the church. The wife is to trust that everything the husband does is ultimately for her good, because the husband is called to give his wife everything he has and all that is needed, even laying down his very own life to save her. The husband is to set aside his comfort to defend and to protect his bride no matter the personal costs. To submit to a husband who is called to defend her with his very life truly means the wife gets to rest in the protection of his loving arms. My friends, this is marriage. This is marriage. This is marriage as a gift. This is marriage where sacrifice and trust happen out of a reverence for Christ. This is marriage, marriage that is that a husband and wife step into and take their place within. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionwinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.